Welcome to the Voice of Business, the official podcast of the Chamber of Commerce Hawaii. I'm your host, Joe McGarry. Katie Kaha'anui is Chamber's Education and Workforce Development. She's responsible for facilitating the communication between various industry and public partners through the Sector Partnership Initiative, as well as strengthening the link between industry demands and the trainings to individuals entering Hawaii's workforce. And also joining us this morning is Keala Peters. As Vice President of Education and Workforce Development and Executive Director of Sekner Partnerships, Keala is responsible for the Chamber's education-related strategic initiatives that help bridge business with education in support of a strong talent pipeline for Hawaii. Welcome to both of you. It's nice to see you this morning. Thank you for having us. Sector partnerships. Keala, can I start with you uh, as the expert in your field? What is a sector partnership? Sector partnerships are really employer collaboratives. And so what we do is we bring business leaders in a particular industry together around a common table and they roll up their sleeves and they tackle problems that they share, problems in particular in a workforce development. And so if you can imagine on a day-to-day basis, these are business leaders who may consider themselves competitors, but when it comes to building Hawaii's workforce and talent pipeline, they work together on innovative solutions. How old are these partnerships? How long has this program been going? The Chamber of Commerce, together with the University of Hawaii, started the Sector Partnership Initiative four years ago. Um, and we've, we've been active in different sectors. Right now, the industries that we have these employer collaboratives going uh, on are healthcare, which is so pertinent yeah. to our community. And so we have healthcare executives around a table working together um, to build Hawaii's healthcare workforce. We also have engineering, which is a really robust, exciting partnership um, that we have some neat things to talk about today. Actually, we're going to focus on engineering in just a bit because you are making some great headway in that. Before we do, Casey, maybe you can explain to us why are these partnerships important to the state? I mean, why did the program start? What was the need for it? And what are you seeing the outcomes of? Sure. So sector partnerships allow a very unique opportunity, like Kala was mentioning, for folks from the same industry and different companies to come together and address shared issues and collaborate on shared initiatives and opportunities. That in itself is a unique feat to to overcome. And I think that that's probably one of the biggest things that sector partnership has to offer. So, of course, our healthcare and engineering team are looking at very different things, Um but it offers the state the chance for everybody to come together and focus on something as a team. And 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 I would add to what Katie's just shared that typically in the past, our education partners have really made a lot of decisions about what our community needs in terms of training and preparation. But this changes things. This puts the employer actually at the table, helping to guide the training and preparation that our community provides our young people, which is really a game changer because who knows better what we need in terms of workforce than our employers. Absolutely. And especially now, because things are changing so rapidly, businesses are changing, people are are having to be more creative. They have different needs from employers, from employees. I mean, who better to have sitting at the table than the people who are actually working there? Yeah. The worst thing we could do is to keep things business as usual and assume that we know what our community needs. Now, we mentioned that we're going to focus on engineering today, which is great because that's like one of my, the topics I know most about. 
Ha ha. I have no absolutely nothing about it. So I'm really excited to learn about this initiative. First of all, what is it? What is it? What's the pathway? What's happening with that partnership? So we've been meeting with engineering leaders for a couple of years in our community. And They've been providing feedback about their uh, their workforce needs, and we've been hearing from them that that they really need young engineers coming out of college who aren't just good in the technical aspects, but also good in what we call employability skills. So things like problem solving, teamwork, communication, all the things that, that we hear often about. But in the engineering field, they uh, often feel like those skills aren't quite where they need to be. And so they've given that feedback to, in particular, the College of Engineering at the University of Hawaii. And rightly so, the um, wonderful people at the University of Hawaii's College of Engineering said, you know what, by the time these 18-year-olds get to us, we can't work on things like communication and team building. It has to start early. So how about if we all go in together and develop a partnership, which we call the K to Career Pathway Project? What if we all get involved as early as kindergarten and get in the classroom and work with these students um, to not necessarily prepare them to be an engineer, but spark some interest in STEM, um, give them some problem-solving projects that they can work on. And over a sequence of 12, 13 years, if they're so inclined to be engineers, make sure that we've prepared them along the way. That is an incredible turnaround, isn't it? Coming from the opposite end of the spectrum, from the workforce going to the school, which really makes perfect sense. Was there much opposition? I mean, are these things met with, you know, open arms and everyone's like, yes, come and tell us what you need. That's great. Or is there, you know, understandably a little bit of, of you know, opposition slightly? Well, you know, I'll talk a little bit about the the academies in our high schools, and then Katie, feel free to add on. But there's something really incredible happening in our public schools right now. So credit to the Department of Education um, and all the brilliant, passionate people who are involved in what are called career academies. So in our high schools, they are preparing high school students for college and career success. And so students indicate the pathway that they'd like to be on. And so as ninth graders, students are saying, are saying I have an interest in STEM. I think I might want to explore what being an engineer is. And so they've been doing this, but what's been missing is a lot of employer engagement. And so they were eager when we said we would like to organize our engineering firms and help get them into your classroom. Of course, they were eager. There's no resistance whatsoever. It's just fascinating. And again, Katie is one of the places where I think the Chamber of Commerce is doing, you know, really good groundbreaking work that maybe people aren't aware of how much is happening behind the scenes. Yep, absolutely. And so we definitely have a wonderful pool of industry members who are engaged and actively involved in this partnership. Um, like Kayla was mentioning, our students in most high schools that follow the academy model, they have to choose their career path in ninth grade. And of course, they're going to choose whatever they've been exposed to at the time. And so if they haven't been exposed to engineering, they might kind of shy away from that, even if they have a little interest in STEM. And so it's critical for our industry partners to get involved as early as possible to raise that awareness and let students know what's available to them down the line. And so we're we're poised to, to be able to do that in the future with these folks. Can you give us more insight on the engineering partnership itself? Because I understand that there have been some major breakthroughs and you guys have some very exciting 
uh, things happening with that specifically? Sure. So we are focusing our efforts in three school complexes. We're treating this as a pilot because it's not been done before. And so we want to make sure that this model works. And so we have identified Waipahu, Campbell, and Castle complexes to partner with. And the reason they were selected is because they have especially strong high school programs. And if we want to extend it down to kindergarten, we need to start with an especially strong high school program. So that's who we're working with. Um, Across those complexes, and also in industry, as a group, they identified four shared priorities that if we could move the needle on, we could really make an impact. And so those four shared priorities are, number one, um, improving awareness of what even being an engineer is. And that's not just for students, but for parents as well, because parents play a role in guiding their, their, their children. So career awareness is the first. The second is increasing interest among girls in STEM and engineering fields. And so we're really excited about doing some work in that effort. Uh, it could be specific things such as really low-hanging fruit, creating a list of female engineers in Hawaii who are willing and able to go into the classroom and speak to students. Um, In addition to girls, we're also very interested in increasing interest among Native Hawaiian students um, to go into the STEM and engineering fields. And then the last uh, priority for us is what we're calling math readiness. Um, To be an engineer, to work in STEM fields, you have to have a strong math acumen. And unfortunately, sometimes students, by the time they're a senior, they've not even taken the required math courses. And so that becomes a barrier to being an engineer. And so how can we start even in third grade and make math fun so we get those employers into the classroom teaching projects, et cetera. And we do that maybe in third grade. But then as a student progresses, how do we make sure that they've taken just really the required courses? So those are some examples of the initiatives that the industry folks are eager to tackle. Um, We're just a few months in, so they right now are determining what initiatives they think they can bring to the table to solve those issues. Um, And we, the chamber, are kind of the back-end facilitators. This is really led by our employer community. Um, And so we are helping them um, arrive at some conclusions around projects that could help move the needle in those areas. Another nice thing is that those were the four focuses kind of across the board, but it's nice because each school can hone in even more and figure out what priorities are specific to them so their industry partners can know exactly what they're best poised to help that school and that community with. Mm-hmm. And I think if I'm understanding and, and getting a good picture of what you're saying, I think one of the most hopeful things in in this project is that when you take young children and expose them to um, adults who are coming in and, and enthusiastically telling them about a life that they have and a path that they've been on, you don't know who you're going to inspire in that classroom to become someone who's great and someone who finds the right path. And I think the value of that is just immeasurable because, as we all know, there are some children who drift through school almost invisible who have great talents that are never known because perhaps they do sit at the back of the class and they don't want to ask a question. It seems to me that part of what's happening here in these schools in your program is that we're going to be identifying children who may not have had that opportunity before. 
Sure. And, and when an adult takes time and shows interest in, in a young learner, it can do wonderful things for them. And so we hope that that happens frequently, um, in this, in this project. Um, and, and really our teachers do heroic work every day. Um, in a career academy model, um, you don't have very many engineers teaching engineering classes. And so there's an opportunity for engineers to work alongside these teachers. And so one thing we want to do is focus on the teachers, bring them into the engineering workforce and have them learn. So sort of a train the trainer, mm-hmm. um, have them learn in a real world work environment and what being an engineer is and you know it we should say that the reason we're focusing on engineering is because number one the demand is tremendous we can forecast uh, the future need for engineers civil mechanical you name it for our community um, and we have a shortage of engineers um, additionally we know that being an engineer pays a family sustaining living wage mm-hmm. and so we want to make sure that we're steering students into these emerging industries um, so that they can be successful here in our community and not feel like they have to leave and go elsewhere to raise their families so important home growing talent is so important for a small group of islands and it, it's, I think, again, it's very hopeful because, you know, for decades, people have been, the rallying cry has been, tourism ca- is not that sustainable. I mean, it's been the low-hanging fruit. It's, it's obviously been there. But we have seen and can see that we need to grow other industries in Hawaii and we need the talent to do that. So I would imagine that the students of the classes that that are and the schools that have these career-based uh, programs are very enthusiastic that they're getting this attention. I hope so. And and you know, our plan is to take this model and now replicate it in other emerging in-demand industries. And so we're going to be moving on to healthcare next. Um, there are already very very strong healthcare training programs in our schools, but let's get the employers into the community more than they are now. Um, and help do something similar. And then we also plan to move on to technology. So those are the three emerging industries that we really want to pour our energy into and get the employers involved in. Katie, if there are employers listening, and we know there are, uh, can they contact you and say, you know, we'd like to get involved. We want you to grow people for us. We want to be part of training. You know, there may be people in industries that haven't yet been thought about who who would benefit from this. Absolutely. So the best way to reach out to us is to visit our website at hawaiisectorpartnerships.org. On there, we have a form that they can fill out to designate which partnership they're interested in learning more about, and we'll be in touch with them, and we can teach them more about the initiative and what we have to offer them. But we're always on the lookout for more partners, so definitely visit our site, learn more, and get in touch with us if you're interested. Keala, I know this is the question for probably a whole other podcast, but I can't leave the conversation without bringing it up. It strikes me that the food and beverage industry is the industry in Hawaii right now that needs homegrown talent, that needs people coming out of school, and particularly the the kids in school who don't want to follow a university career path, who don't want to go off into college. They want to stay home and they want to work in a job that's, you know, fun and and really interesting. Um this has got to be there's I know there's a lot of great programs in high schools right now that have been started, but it seems to me that this is a big one that's just waiting. I mean, 
really, it's almost like we should have culinary academies within high schools, right? Sure, sure. And again, we have great education programs, but what can we do to get the industry in more than the art? We, we see a, a lot of uh, chefs and, and other folks um, generously giving up their time and participating in the classroom. But to be able to facilitate something like this in that industry um, could, could make a, a, a real strong impact. Um, I, I do want to mention our partners in doing this is the state's workforce development council. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's not the chamber doing it alone. Uh, we work closely with workforce development council. Uh, we also work closely with um, Dean Morioka at the University of Hawaii College of Engineering. Um, so this is a, a team effort and uh, we're excited to see the fruits of all our labor. It's very exciting. I can see why you're both so excited to be involved in it. I mean, long-term work with our students, you know, growing the future, there's nothing like it. People can find out more information, as you just said, at Chamber of Commerce. And as always, um, if you go to uh, the Chamber of Commerce website and uh, the podcast website, you're going to see a synopsis of this interview and all the information will be there for you to find. Um, it, as always, it's just such a short time to cover a, a huge amount have I, have we done it? Are there other things that you would like to say before we go? I, I hope we've covered most of your points, but feel free. No, you've, you've done a wonderful job. We're just so grateful to have partners like the Department of Education and people who are really wanting to do things collaboratively and differently. So I think we can make a difference for our community. And again, a topic for another show, but I'm sure you'll agree when you get into the public schools and you start working with those teachers and the Department of Education, you realize there is no more committed, progressive, creative bunch of people who care about what they do than our public school teachers. For sure. For sure. It's a pleasure to have both of you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having us. Thanks, Joe. You've been listening to The Voice of Business, the official podcast of the Chamber of Commerce Hawaii. I'm your host, Joe McGarry. Join us next time for more conversations with Hawaii's small business.